Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. I will be in every episode, and I have been in every episode, and it's just an honor. Just a true honor. So, thanks for having me on. It's really great to have you here today, man. Thanks you for know, coming on. I think I'm going to rebrand this as like, maybe I'm more like the special guest. You know, like on like on late night shows, like here with us tonight. Yeah, here, so here with us tonight Except is that I'm so popular. You keep having me back, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. like, well, I don't know why you keep bringing on other special guests when you right. could just have Jonathan Carlin on from the Super Carlin Brothers day exactly. in day out. Exactly, which is what we do here on Popcorn Culture. I have actually heard before that on those late night shows that the amount of star power the celebrity has has very little impact on the ratings of the show. Well, yeah, because I don't think... I think if you watch the like the late show with Jimmy Fallon, it's not like, oh, uh, John Krasinski's on. I got, I'm tuning in for that. Like, that's the one I'm going it's to. Like, you either watch the show or you don't. Right, like, you watch the show. You're, like, a fan of the show, not necessarily... Like, like maybe, maybe the star... In particular, if you like really leaned in, we'll draw on some people. Right. Or maybe it's like you really don't want to miss this one because this person's on. But I think if you watch it, you just watch it. How do you think you would do on one of those shows? Because I think that that's I have wondered so often throughout my life. Like, what if the day ever came where I was like the subject of a viral video or something? Mm. Like there was there was some reason why they would be like, okay, we got to bring you on. I think I think we do fine. Yeah? Yeah, for the most part. Because here the the real thing is that the mark of the really good hosts is that they will save you from anything. Like they're not trying to embarrass you. No, of course not. You and know? I do think that that is the skill that people don't ever realize yeah. that those hosts have. Like they are masterful yes. at what they are executing without anyone ever realizing it. It's, I think like with radio DJs, it's like, if you think you could do what they're doing, then they're really, really, really good at it. Right. I also say, I think um, Ellen DeGeneres, I think it's a lot, I think sometimes more obvious on her show how good she is at this particular act because she'll often have like children on the show. Yes. Uh, and children are often not very good interviews. Oh yeah, but, right. But no, like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't stop her at all. Right. No, yeah. she's able to. Well, because I think a lot of times she she plays into that, like, what was the show? Like, the things children say. There's like, Kids say the darndest things. Kids say the darndest things. Mm-hmm. I feel like she would be the best if she isn't already just the host of that show. I want to say that show was recently relaunched, and I don't know who is the present host of it. Well, it should be Ellen is what it comes it, down it, to. Because, probably. Because the way that, like, that, like, they will answer the questions, she will just repeat it back and then immediately be able to riff on anything they said yeah it's so true i I'm, I'm like consistently blown away when when that is like in effect so best case scenario we get to go on the ellen DeGeneres show that is best case scenario yeah <laughs> absolutely that, that's the talk show you'd want to go on i would say oh that's a really good mm, question oh yeah who what which one would you go on maybe it might i, I would say jimmy fallon or ellen DeGeneres would mm. be the top of my list interesting so like Ellen's different because she's daytime and the sure. rest are all at night. But of the late, I mean, 
of the late night people, I would say I was a fan of Stephen Colbert just before he was a late night person. Okay. And I love James Corden too. Oh, he is also amazing. Yeah. Although I don't know that I could hang with his chops, man. Like his, like, because you have to be, I do think that he brings on guests who are individuals that are entertaining mm -hmm. and he does a really good job of like getting as much out of them as humanly possible. Well, cause his, like, if you do the carpool karaoke, that is a, that is a different beast where depending on who the artist is might actually change whether you watch it or not. That like is if true. If you're a fan of the musical guest or. Well, and th there's probably something to be said for how many people, because I would almost argue that more people watch Carpool Karaoke on YouTube or like a shared video by the page on Facebook or something than are actually watching it like as the show airs. Oh, YouTube has changed the late night game forever. Forever, yeah. Forever. I mean, the and well, and for that matter, the late night show's adoption of YouTube has changed YouTube forever. Like, once upon a time, the trending page, I think, was largely YouTube-based creators. Right. But once, I feel like anymore, about half of it is late night clips. Yeah. You know? Because they are able to, and I, that's probably something like structurally, the way that they're like putting together their shows, it's like any individual segment is designed purposed to be able to be sliced cleanly out. Yeah. With no like inside jokes running from like, you know, a segment prior or something like that, where it's just like, right. you could just r drop right into lip sync battle between yeah. Fallon and It's more like they played Emma a YouTube Stone. video in the middle of their show. It's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Man. See, this this is the thing though is that like we we have been interviewed by like daytime blue ridge which is like the local morning show we sure have yeah and i will tell you what i feel like despite the fact that like for a living we go and sit in a chair with bright lights and a camera right in your face like we do it every day. Yeah. I feel like my shoulders hunched in. I felt like I was sweating. I felt nervous. Like my brain was not like firing in a way that was like conducive to the idea of like answering questions in like a clever way. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I think I get strangely shut down when I'm entering into that like unknown. Oh. When when of course all they're going to ask you is very softball questions that you 100% know the answer to. Right, right. Like they're not there to gotcha or anything. Gotcha journalism. That, yeah. They're not Joe Galamezzo. <laughs> I will say I having, I've been on at my, at my old job. I had to fr frequent the daytime Blue Ridge and I don't want to like ran on their parade or anything. They're doing, you know, great work over there at the station. But I will say that the way they often make you sit is not like a really comfortable way. Like it's, they put you on like a stool a lot of the times, which is like encourages that like hunch. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what happened. No good. So like the late night shows, they always have those comfy armchairs. The person can like lean back. Lean back, look cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. Ben, let me ask you something. Speaking right. of late night television uh, staples. Yeah. Are, are you, have you ever watched Saturday Night Live? You're familiar I, with the show. I'm familiar with the show, Saturday Night Live. It's come up before. It's yeah. come up before. Okay. What... Do you feel like the musical act at the end is cool? Like the live performance that they, they have? Yeah, they always have like, this week hosted by whoever with musical guest, whatever. You know, whoever it may be. Right. Like to me, when I, I think when I first really discovered SNL was often during summer, like because it comes on, you know, late night Saturday, obviously. Right, right. Given so, the name. So you're allowed to stay up. So like, yeah, but in, in the summer between the school years, Comedy Central would just play old episodes of SNL, just like in the middle of the day. Okay. And this was like the way I experienced it most of the time. Right. Because I don't I don't think I've ever just stayed up and watched SNL live. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I ever have before. Yeah. 
I w- again, thriving on YouTube. Right. But I will say, so often, it's like they get to the very end of the show and it's time for the musical guest. And I'm just like, this is just, you could have had two more sketches. Or, I don't know. I've never felt like the musical guest on SNL was very, like, was like a draw on the show to me. I always felt like this is such a waste. So you feel like maybe there's a chance that it's sort of this ongoing tradition is to have this live performance at the end yeah. of a show. And it's almost reached a point where it's kind of like, is this still working? Is it but still? It, that's the question. I believe it must have been working. Do you think the musical guest on SNL is still working? I would be willing to go out on a limb and say no. no? I, I think okay. so. I think that they're probably at one point in time, it was like part of the... Uh, challenge associated with doing a like a show like that that is mm-hmm. so live yeah. driven that it's like and at the end we're gonna have like a concert you know right. and it's like and like we're gonna you know it's gonna have dancers and like the whole nine and mm-hmm. you know everybody's on the spot and that's part of what like makes it cool it's it's actually i'm gonna toss the tiktok again as i I've, as i've so frequently done there's this challenge that a bunch of people do where they will record themselves saying something and incorporating like a whole bunch of noises into it and then other people will use the audio and lip sync the entire thing okay so like throughout the throughout the course of it you will like go and like pick up a water bottle take a swig of it maybe like reach into a bag of chips so there's like the crinkling bag noise that you're having to match as well as talking at the same time okay so the lip syncs are very impressive and then almost always like at the end you'll get to that point where it'll be like and it and like would you believe this whole time I've been and then they stop moving their mouth and then it'll say like the person who voiced over would say like oh. lip syncing and so you realize that like this person hasn't been speaking the whole time interesting yeah so it's like I feel like that's almost the present day version of SNL's musical act is it, it was like throwing a crinkling of chips into a, a lip sync challenge on a TikTok. I don't know if I'm following your logic here. Like it's it's in the category of things that you have to do live. You are like attempting to do as many like that. That is the idea uh. behind the show. You're trying to do as many very difficult to execute live things okay. where that's part of like the magic of the whole experience mm-hmm. is like in the middle of a joke someone can just start laughing at the person right. and occasionally you do see that happen with snl like you see someone kind of like like, like great character they get like like a couple of giggles and then they like they pull it back together do you know i think jimmy fallon is like famous for this oh is he really for like breaking the like laughing in character a lot but does that just like add to like his charm as his like oh that's the thing he's too charming he's way not too, too not too charm i mean i say that like enviously like he's the exact amount of charming right, he's that's the thing he's so charming so okay so like perfect score on the charm scale is jimmy fallon is what you're saying <sighs> i think he, ma- he makes very fun interviews yeah i agree with that i agree with that yeah. so i don't know i think it's interesting and it was a way for me to incorporate tiktok into a conversation once again mm, okay there you go have you downloaded Bravo. the app yet i have the app you I've have always it. had it. You've always had it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I've had it for like over a year. Over a year? Yeah. Wow, that's that's a long time. Oh yeah, time. since last summer. Man, and you don't ever open it up. I don't. I don't I don't reach for it. I am at the point now where I have to like borderline set a timer for myself mm. and be like, "Okay, Ben, you have 7 minutes. You can watch TikTok for 7 minutes." And then you have to stop because you have to stop. You have, to stop. You, you have a problem because they're so 
engaging. Why is it, why seven minutes? Well, like if you sat down to watch a television show, you'd sit down for at least 20. Yeah, but I don't typically do that in the middle oh, of the day. Like that's I not see. a common distraction problem for me. So I would say that for me, that's the, that's the real issue is that like if I, if we're like writing on a script or something and I'm like hitting writer's block or I'm just at the point where I'm like, I need, I, like, I need to like let my brain check out for a second. Mm. Uh, it's, it's this, like if I open up the app and just start letting it play, and I don't have like a timer set, then it's like, who knows? Right. Like, who knows? Like, I will have to. And that's probably like the ultimate tragedy of a TikTok gone wrong is you were the TikTok that made the person finally close the app. Oh, wow. Which like, you ooh. know, TikTok has those numbers. I know they have those numbers. You know, that algorithm is tanking that video. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, this guy was on here for 38 minutes in a row. And then he got to your video. He got to your Boom. video. And that's when he closed the app. So mm. you do not want to be that person. I want to be that person. So here's Here's my dilemma with TikTok, though, is I have no idea what type of TikTok persona I would take on Oh, because so I have exclusively lived in the for you page, which I think is just like, I think I don't even know if I'm speaking proper TikTok language, but it's like when you open the app, whatever is playing, that's right. where I'm at. I'm not just like, on the trending page. I'm just on the trending page. Right. I'm not I'm not searching anything. OK, I haven't you, don't, even, you don't subscribe to people. No, nope, I haven't okay. liked I haven't liked a single video which uh, like very you know, passive, very passive. I haven't even created an account. I'm literally using it as if you went to the YouTube website and did not log in. That I think is such a phenomenon right now, not like on your phone or on your desktop or something where almost certainly you're logged in. But if you're the kind of person who experiences a lot of YouTube via like Apple TV yeah. or something like that, like me, a professional YouTuber, am not logged into a YouTube account at home on, right. on YouTube. I just like, we open YouTube every single day and it just it has learned what kind of videos we like and even not logged in it'll just serve us based on our past behavior sure but yeah it's I, I always wonder about that like how stuff like that affects the statistics like for your own personal channel because you can look at subscriber like people who are subscribed to you like who view the channel versus people who were not subscribed to you who right. viewed the channel and I'm often like well like like for example I watch Good Mythical Morning every day yes like, from with, yep. yeah from Rhett and like, Lake with Rhett and Lake and like I'm subscribed to them on probably four different YouTube accounts that I own, Ugh. but I only ever watch them via Apple TV where I'm not logged in. Wow. Okay. So you're actually like contributing to them thinking one less or potentially four less mm -hmm. subscribers are actually watching their channel in lieu of someone who is unsubscribed as far as their analytics would dictate. Right. Man, yes. You're skewing their numbers so but, hard. But that's the thing. Everyone must be. It, it is It is true. And maybe this is a question for the kernels out there. And maybe it depends on how you consume your YouTube. Like I, if it is your primary source, then then maybe you are logged in. Or I guess you're saying maybe that Apple you TV is even, your primary source. Yeah. I mean, I I'm would not say logged probably, in. I'm not logged in at home. Right. Um, on my on my Apple TV either. Either of them. Hmm. So if I if ever I go on, it's usually to watch Dude Perfect videos. Uh, that's that's just just about it. Yes, I have also been recently tuning into many Dude Perfect videos because, and let me tell you, I think I finally, I mean, it's not hard to understand why Dude Perfect is like one of the most popular channels ever, but I've discovered like a new layer Ooh, to the greatness. Because of course the reason they're so popular is because they're hitting these insane trick shots in this fantastic fashion. They have cool cinematography and drones and they're coming up with fun, creative things. But they're also super duper family friendly. Oh, like, you know, like good point. Like, like so often, let me tell you something. When you have a child, what your child will request to watch is children's programming, right? So I've been watching a lot of Daniel Tiger. 
I don't even know what that is. Oh, are you familiar with Mr. Rogers? No. Like, like, won't you be my neighbor? Oh, yes, yes. Right, right. So Mr. Rogers in the original show had all these puppets. And Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is an animated show. And it is about the children of all the puppets. Oh. But it takes, pla- it takes place in the land of make-believe. But so, like, Mr. Rogers had, like, a puppet called Daniel Stripe Tiger. Okay. Daniel Stripe Tiger is not Dad Tiger. His son, Daniel Tiger, is the main protagonist of the show. Wowzers. I know. That's... I know. I've been getting deep into the Daniel Tiger lore. Are lately. you? Have not- you been on the wiki? Not not deep, but like it occurred to me. You're like watching the show, and you're like, why is one of them a tiger and a cat, and one of them is a human prince, and one of them's an out? Like, why are these the characters? Like, I because I wasn't familiar with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Okay, so I've gone on and since learned the like the reasoning behind like like the one the cat character will finish every sentence with meow 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 meow. It's super annoying, meow meow. Um, but I was like, why are they doing that? And it's like, oh, because the that's what they did in the original. I that's guess. What, okay. they're, they're like, there's all these reckonings back to the original, which make it fun once you know. But I've been like trying to like decipher the show a little because I'm like, there must be there must be a lot to this that I'm not getting. And sure enough, there is. And if you're a kid, this none of this matters to you. It's just fun animated characters. The real point of the story is that when I'm trying to like I'm trying to find stuff that I could have Luke watch. That is not really little kid programming. That is also fun for me to watch, but also safe for him to watch. And I've decided that Dude Perfect is an amazing, like, dot in this Venn diagram. Whoa! Because it's just sports. It's just sports. It's just sports, and they're just hitting fun trick shots. And, like, Luke loves it. I mean, he will eventually get tired of it. Chrissy gets tired of everything. Okay. Fairly quickly. Two-year-olds don't have great attention spans. But I can sit there and at least watch... You know, guys throw crazy basketballs into weird hoops or professional soccer players do amazing things with balls or, you know, whatever the case may be. I can I can do that. And Luke will be interested because he's like, like he likes he likes playing, you know, sport balls, sport balls. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, no, that's really interesting, though, because I think I have I have like almost observed through our years, like growing up and we we were like a Nickelodeon family. So we watched all <laughs> of like the, the Nickelodeon shows, which and is probably surprising given who, what we talk about now. I know we were not Disney Channel kids at all. I know. Like people will talk about all these like Disney Channel original movies or like Lizzie McGuire or like any of those like super popular like shows from that time period. And it's like all over my head. I don't know any of the references. I don't know any of the characters. Mm -mm. So odd. But the thing about like growing up, they they had Nick Jr. in the mornings that would come (sighs) on. And it was like, I felt like even when I was like three, four years old, it was too young for me. Yeah. It's like no matter what, it was like, who is this targeted at? It is, it can be targeted at no like I am the right age and it feels like it's too kiddy for me Ugh. and the other thing though was as soon as like it turned into just regular Nickelodeon those were like quote unquote kids shows but they were not kids shows like some of them were really weird are you talking about like Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life and stuff yeah and Cat Dog was a little oh. weird yeah um mm-hmm. you know like there's there was like a whole bunch of shows where it was like they were they were kids shows because they were cartoons. But then I feel like as time has gone on, things like Family Guy or American Dad or whatever have proved that it is not necessarily true that cartoons 
our kids' shows, which I almost think has led to the evolution of kids' shows being more appropriate for kids. But then I think on top of that, you see all of these like really, really, really good movies come out that are like Frozen, for example, is like a movie you might take your kids to, but it is an incredibly enjoyable movie as an adult. Right. And so I think my my question actually for you was going to be, and it sounds like maybe Dude, Dude Perfect hits one of these marks, is have kids shows gotten to that same level of sophistication to where they are appropriate for kids, but also kind of entertaining for you, the adult. Oh, I have to imagine there is a level of that. I don't know if Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is quite super enjoyable for adults. Okay. I will say, I do feel like it's, maybe it's just hard to remember. I feel like it's more instructive and helpful. I feel like it's, then then maybe say like Blue's Clues was. Okay. But gosh, I do remember when we were kids and because we, we would go to this like babysitter every day yeah for a while and it wasn't it wasn't just like you and me and ty it was like you know group babysitting yes basically it was like a you know one person daycare essentially there weren't that many kids it was maybe like five maybe like five but i will say the problem with that is that what mostly what you would do was just watch tv yes which was real boring and as a result because all every child there is watching the level of television anyone's allowed to watch is dictated by the lowest age the youngest person the youngest person in the room which oh such man you think you were you think you were too old for it i'm older than you i I, i've noticed that before yeah (laughs) oh my gosh and this was this oh i like Maybe this was effect. Maybe this was an effective tactic for teaching kids. But I, let me ask you if you remember this about Nick Jr. The way they used to program. At- I know specifically Blue's Clues, is that they would run the same episode three times in a row. Yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. It was, and so it was like, you would see, and especially in the beginning when Blue's Clues came out, it was like, they launched it to play all the time with like 12 episodes. And so it was like, I feel like the first year it was out, it was like, yeah, we know where the cat is. We've seen the cat. Oh my gosh. You have to like suffer through this whole episode and then the exact same episode would play. And I guess the idea is that if you're like a very young child, you get like, oh, now you know all the gimmicks. And by the third time, you're like, I get it. I learned something. But oh man, if you are one day over the appropriate age for this, the whole show is so unbelievably obvious and stupid. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm sure Blue's Clues is a much beloved show. Oh, it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I, I think that there's, there probably is an appropriate age range, but it's like, I, I think you're hitting a mark that kids come and leave rather quickly. Yeah. Um, and so at, at any given point in time, there are kids who are the appropriate age for it, but not for long. Yeah. And so I think you you immediately step into the next phase. So what what is the show? There's a show that someone or that people have always requested us talk about that I feel like might be the answer to this question where apparently there's deep, deep lore and tons of details. I feel like you've watched it. It's a Disney show. Oh, 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 oh. I do Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Yeah. That's do people have weird noses in Gravity Falls? There are some. Okay, okay. What is yeah. the deal with weird noses? Is Don't that like know. a particularly difficult thing for people to like animate? And so they do like these these kind of odd. There's there the book of no, it's the book of life. Book it's of like life. it's like the other Coco movie, yeah, which is actually quite good. But it's another one of those where the same noses are being used. Yeah, I don't know. It must be a particular sort of animation style. I think it's interesting what you were saying about how yeah, a lot of like cartoons were kind of like a little bit creepy. 
yeah. or not quite maybe kid-friendly as much, but you watch it like they were cartoons though. So by definition, they were for kids. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, man, that must be my, my reasoning behind that, I think, is that you probably have all these artists who are really good at drawing and who want a career in animation and they don't necessarily want to make children's programming because they're adults who have stories to tell or whatever. Sure. But this is the only market for animation. And so they're stuck trying to like cheat the rules as much as possible. So like just just like progressively like make it slightly, slightly edgier. Right. There were episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants that I felt like always did this, where it was like SpongeBob is, I think, a pretty tame show, Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, under most circumstances. But there would almost always be this one moment where they would do this like very detailed drawing. Like hyper-realistic, like gross drawing. Yes. It would be like, like, I've got this thing growing on my knee, SpongeBob. And then it would like zoom in on it. It's just like disgusting, like... (laughs) whatever on Patrick's yeah. like arm or knee or That's, yeah that is a hundred percent the animators flexing yeah, yeah 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 it's like it's like all right let's let's do that why don't we it's like that's the gag they did that episode that they were all so proud of right they're like i went to art school for six years and now i'm drawing a square with eyes you know (laughs) (laughs) like look can i please draw one thing that isn't a cube (laughs) right 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 yeah yes you could draw a star yeah (laughs) yeah that is 100 percent. it's an advanced cube (laughs) right but i think i think that kind of stuff is sort of what made spongebob really popular early on is that they let them take creative liberty but they for the most part they stayed inside the lines of being like okay be be creative be do fun art stuff but don't don't get creepy don't go like across the line don't don't yeah don't don't step into like red and stimpy's territory right yeah that show was weird yeah i agree i have i know people who like remember it so fondly like oh i loved it it was the best i'm like i i think even even growing up i'd be like okay maybe when i was a kid i just didn't get it but i'm older they're playing reruns i'll get it now I never understood. N- I just did I, I not never, get it. Never got it. Never thought it was funny. Still don't get it. There's, the, I have had this weird problem with animation and I don't know that it's like if I've been like scarred from things from when I was a kid, but like for a long time as a kid, like the thing that was under my bed, you oh. know, that I was afraid of was uh-huh. Beavis and Butthead. Ah. And it was like, I completely forgot about that show. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it was like, it's like a really weird kind of style of animation. Like that really creeped me out. And then, like, like we said, all these others, like Ren and Stimpy, uh, Rocco's Modern Life had these neighbors called like the Fatheads, and they super creeped me out. Mm. Like, I really didn't like like when they were they would cut to these like triangular shaped pickle looking people. It <laughs> Frogs. Was, like, I'm pretty it was, sure is what they were. What, whatever they yeah. were, but they were like they were like really really odd. And then it, I think this is actually carried for me all the way to like South Park, which is something where like I feel like I I would really like South Park, mm. except every once in a while they do the same thing where I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to go near that at all. <laughs> and I don't know why like these, these like cartoon images, they get like ingrained into my mind and mm. like, like scare me. Interesting. And, and, like, like it, it is actually like, I think some kind of a fear. And I don't know if it's like playing off of something that is so reassuring as a cartoon and then like like almost putting a really 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 like uh horror based film on top of it kind of like why like a doll 
is all of a sudden like really creepy in horror movies mm. because you've got this thing that like is generally given to like children as a toy. Right. But when you see like a doll staring at you at night from across the room, it's like, what is up with that? Right. It's like what makes clowns scary. It's what makes clowns scary. Like there's yeah. something who are meant to be funny. Right. But then like when, when you twist it. Right. It's yeah. sto- it stops being funny. And it's like the departure from where it's supposed to exist to where it becomes is is so great that like the, the juxtaposition of the ideas in your mind mm. is what is the jarring effect behind it. I see. But that being said, like things like Beavis and Butthead are not, it's not, it's intended, I think, to be a funny show. It's not meant to be so. like a horror show or, or in any right. way scary, but it's, it scared me to death. Right. Yeah. They were, there was like a real grittiness to the way they were drawn. Yeah. And stuff. It seemed like, like intentionally messy. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get it. I never watched it. Yeah. I would agree. It was it just seemed like this is, it feels inappropriate for the sake of inappropriateness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The moment that I can go back to was uh, I feel like there was like one day where we had a babysitter who was watching it and it was kind of this like everybody needs to stay in the living room while we watch TV. And it was like I was like trapped inside of this room. And I remember like literally for the entire time it was on, I remember hiding underneath my blanket and purple blanket. No, nothing. <laughs> I don't know if we had purple blanket yet. This was my rainbow blanket. Wait, what was rainbow blanket? This was like my blankie. This, oh, okay. Yeah, growing up, like it was like my like my childhood blanket. Okay. Do you not remember this? I don't think so. Oh, weird. Tyler, our little brother, also had like a white blanket. That yeah, I remember like, that one. It like disintegrated. It was basically <laughs> just yeah, like dragging around rags. shredded rags. It, quite literally. Point. Yeah, I cannot believe how long that thing lasted. But so anyway, I had one as well that was like a small version of purple blanket, but it was more like a. Like it, it wasn't like full blown rainbow, like defined colors. It was more just like gentle shades of pastels that went from one to the other. Right. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of manly blankets as a kid. I, you know, I was not a very masculine child at all. Mm. I, okay. I like g- quite frankly, I remember we used to go to the, I'm going to circle back to Beavis and Butthead. We used to go to the dollar store and I don't know if this was like me trying to be different or like choose something that would be unexpected, but they had like these mystery bags you could buy for a dollar that were full of like, like maybe like like a tube of bubbles or like a sticker right. sheet or something. But they would have like a boy's bag and a girl's bag and I would always pick the girl's bag. Interesting. And I feel like it was because like as a kid, I was like, I, I, I actually have no idea why. I think part of me thought there was a greater likelihood of there being treasure inside of the girl's bag. Oh, uh, like, like there would be jewels or something. Jewels, like something like potentially sparkly. Of course. <laughs> like, we which, know how bed love treasure. <laughs> Dude, who doesn't love treasure to this day? (laughs) If somebody approached me and they were like, I will pay you a small amount of money that is still livable to go and be a treasure hunter in the ocean, like where we like scuba dive and look look for treasure, like doubloons and stuff. Uh I would do it in a heartbeat. Wow. That's like the dream. That is like, that is my dream job. Do you want to know that a TV show that maybe, maybe your child would like, but that might also drive you a little crazy is called Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Is there treasure? Oh, there's treasure in every episode then. I love it already. Well, here's the thing. Oh, no. Let me, Don't take let me, it away from me. So it takes place in like Neverland where like Peter Pan lives. Okay. And they're always like, you know, against Captain Hook or whatever. Sure. And there's, you know, three little children pirates who, which, but, which right out of the gate, I'm like, is it good to be promoting pirates? Like the main characters are also pirates, but they're like, good pirates and you're like i don't know if there are good pirates but oh sure sure, know, sure. Like, hey. like like pirates pirates have been uh maybe maybe glamorized a little bit a little bit thanks to like pirates of the caribbean caribbean oh way before that but yeah 
Right. Um, not the point. The point. This is early. The, the first. The first few times I watched Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Every time they like complete a, a challenge, like they get across a puzzle, you know, where they've you know turned to the camera and like, how do we get across Alligator Alley? And they're like, what if we jump here? And you know, whatever. And they pause, and it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> they're like, count to three, then we'll jump through the mouth. One, two, three, you know, whatever. Right. Whatever the case may be. There's a bazillion little alligator alley, bumblebee beach, you know, whatever it is. Okay, okay. Anything to complete a challenge, out of nowhere, <laughs> as a reward from, from Neverland itself, gold doubloons will appear and they'll be like, great, we finished the challenge and we earned three gold doubloons. They'll just grab it out of the air. <laughs> they'll just pop up out of nowhere. And the problem was, like the first several times we watched the show, we get about five minutes in and I'd see them collect you know, six or seven doubloons or whatever. And I never see, but Luke would always get bored before the end of the episode. And, and so it was like this thing. And I was like, what did they use the gold for? Like, certainly at the end, they go, they, they go get like, to go like purchase a con- something. A concession stand. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe, do we get to like go to their vault and they're like slowly filling it up? Is there like a trophy room or something? Yeah, do they get to like buy something cool at the end? And finally, I see the end of an episode of Jake and the Neverland Pirates. And all that happens is that it's just a counting game at the end is that they, they have a treasure chest that pops up from the sand and they'll say, let's count the, let's count the number we got. And it'll be like one, two, three, four. And then it'll just pile in there. But it's wait, not wait, like, wait, wait, wait. What comes after four? Five. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, the chest is already full. It's not like every episode it gets a little fuller. Oh. They fall on top. That, yo, it's, it's, it was the most disappointing thing. Just, just dreadful continuity. Just dreadful continuity. And that the doubloons were not like, it wasn't like, oh, wow, this is a great episode. They got like 15. They're going to get to get, like, buy something really cool. Right, yeah. Like, oh, I'm so disappointed in Jake and the Neverland Pirates and their poor use of treasure. Man. Yeah. It's like such a such a lesson to be taught in how like galleons work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There could have there could have been like there could have been so much more fun. There could have been. Popcorn culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Pop. 
popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. No, that's interesting. So what you're telling me is that we should write a kid's show. Dude, we probably could. With with good continuity. Yeah, with it's good like, continuity. Okay, okay, okay. So I like this idea. So we pitch a kid's show that is fun for adults mm. at the same time because there's like an underlying like really interesting story going on. Mm-hmm. But then also like teaches you how to count like what colors are and right. shapes and stuff like that. Yeah. Ooh, you know what? On the sign, I'm going to circle back to Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Okay. Because I've been watching it a lot. Yeah. Particularly the one where it's Daniel's birthday and he goes to build a tiger cake. Does yeah. Luke like this one luke loves this one it is the very first episode (laughs) it is all that happens is they go to the bakery and he picks out a tiger cake and he gets to decorate it but then he makes like a smudge on the mouth okay and they're like oh when something goes wrong turn it around and make something good it was like oh i'll turn the smudge into a smile kind of thing okay i will say this that maybe it's not super entertaining for adults but i will say there are i think good takeaways for adults because repeatedly over and over in every episode the children will run into the most basic of mundane problems like oh the cardboard wing fell off my rocket ship i can't play anymore now no right and the answer is i must always just pretend but (laughs) (laughs) where's that bonding strip (laughs) 
that's, but, a, that's a Buzz Lightyear reference. But they, I think, if you're like a, I think it does, like the parent, so the solution, anytime they run into any problem at all, is the the parent of the episode of whatever house they're at will come in and be like, why don't you try this? And I think they actually have very, like, light, like, parenting tips for, like, if your child is in this situation, here's something you might try. Oh, interesting. You know, it's, like, it's trying to tell the kids, here's what you should do. But, like, really? Also, I think... Not terrible things for parents. So just good parenting advice. Just, just basically. Now, sometimes it's sort of like, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. But whatever. <laughs> but, interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So have you, has, has there been a moment that you can go back to where like you walked in and you corrected a problem based on what you had learned from? Uh, from Nato Tiger. <laughs> I almost called it Tiger King. <laughs> It's the same, right? It, is, it could not be more different. Okay. There is not, not in particular, but Luke is also maybe not quite where he could like comprehend exactly okay, okay. what I was, what, what I might be going for. But something. someday it'll happen. Someday I'd be like, I feel like I could be like, oh, remember on this? Remember when this happened? What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Let's solve it together. Let's solve it. Let's sing a little jingle. Right. Yeah. They do sing lots of little jingles that are very catchy. Oh no. Oh, it's the worst. Actually, going back to SpongeBob SquarePants, there is one episode where they're like performing for the Super Bowl. Oh. And they play this song that is like forever. I always just thought that they like had just gotten the rights to a song. Right. And they were just like, I was like, oh, like it's so cool. They got that like Sweet Victory song. Yeah. For, for Sweet the Victory. But they didn't. Yeah. They just wrote like a, like a one hit wonder inside of an episode of SpongeBob. I, I had the exact same experience. I was like, man, this is, yeah, they, it's so, I love this. I can't believe they did this for the show. And it'd always be like, you'd be, it, it reminds you so much of one of those like, we are the champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like feelings. And you'd be like, I think it would always come on in SpongeBob and I would know it from that. And then you'd be at like a stadium or something. You'd be like... And you'd hear like adjacent sounding stuff. And you'd be like, they never, no one ever plays this. Right. Like, I can't, like, I know it, it must be something they play at like actual sports games because it's on SpongeBob. But it's like, oh no, it's just a SpongeBob thing. It's just a SpongeBob thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, we'll have to like link it in the show notes for this episode in case you haven't seen it. But it's just like, SpongeBob rallies the troops to become a marching band to play at the Bubble Dome or something. Yeah. And like they get out there and just totally break it down. Like it gives me like chills sometimes. Like I could like work out to this song in a SpongeBob episode. <laughs> oh man. Which is not saying much actually because I get weirdly pumped by Disney music like in general. Mm -hmm. So like I could there are all these moments where in my life where I'll like be like rolling around like and I drive like a pretty big truck yeah uh, or i will be like weightlifting or something like these these occasions that i do not think that most people would expect that what i'm listening to is like the frozen soundtrack or the song speechless from the aladdin from the live aladdin, action movie yeah. which is so good by the way oh uh, yeah don't you feel like such an empowered woman when you listen to that song yes <laughs> yes indeed it's like the best feeling i'm always like actually there's this one moment at the end of that song where there's this like bass hit that if you're in like your car or something it like goes around the car oh, like does it's it? very well like edited to where it like yeah it goes from like front left speaker front right speaker back right speaker left back speaker i don't know if i got all those right but you get the idea, yeah, you, know how, the idea. you know how a circular square works <laughs> who doesn't yeah but it's so cool it's like my favorite part i was like crank it up right for that moment it's like boom nice hopefully everybody got that full effect at home yeah They're hopefully like, ethan edited that yeah, yeah in yeah, a circular yeah. square right in a circular square yeah that's how it is yeah. Do you ever get pumped up by music, though? Is that a thing for you? Like, can you get, like, stoked? Because yeah. I would say, I would say that, like, we grew up, and I feel like our dad 
was yeah, at one point in time he was like a radio dj and yeah. i think he did like the his college radio station mm-hmm. so we, like at our house as kids we had this like huge drawer like full of like so many cds oh yes our our i know our dad had a really big cd collection yes yeah but growing up i don't know that at any point in time we were like instructed or taught or like came to appreciate music at any point in time and maybe it's something that just happens naturally like maybe like most kids like find their own music and they just sort of like embrace it and like the you know parents buy them like cds or something i i felt like this was like a missing something like missing yeah from from me for like my whole life yeah a little bit because yeah i was never like defined by the music i liked right or anything like that like and like i guess what's weird is that i never i i never experienced it as though i was missing something but like when i look back like when you like watch any movie or talk to anyone I'm like oh yeah like i loved this as a kid and i was so into this music and it was just like i don't i don't i don't i don't have that experience anywhere where I was like, this, like, this music speaks to me as a adolescent, or I'm really, like, taking away meaning from these songs, or I'm really into this genre, even, like, into this genre of music. I was never like, oh, I just love rock music, just oh, yeah, can't yeah. listen to it enough, or, oh, I, got, I mean, top 40 all day, every day, you know, whatever. It was just... Well, that's that's the thing, yeah, that's exactly it, like, and I think that, like, a lot of people be like, oh, like, you know, that like, this was their best album, and I'm like, I know that one song, like, right. I don't even know that I've ever successfully listened to, like, an entire album to this day, like, that wasn't just just a collection of songs from a Disney movie, (laughs) like the Moana soundtrack. Oh, can I tell you, this is a funny story. In college, every now and then, one of my buddies and I would go to a cosmic bowling night at the... (laughs) You guys. Oh yeah. We're so cool. You know it. That's right. I can't talk. I own bowling shoes. So. Oh, yeah, you own a bowling ball. No, my, I don't own a bowling ball. Yeah, oh, just bowling shoes. My friend, my oh, my friend had bowling shoes and a ball and rented a locker. Okay. But I would just go with him so that he would have someone to bowl with. Did he have the towel that you would like put the ball in and like sort of do like this Ooh. weird like shimmy back and forth? Oh gosh, I don't think so. I don't think I remember him doing that. Okay. Anyway, anyone who's ever been to cosmic bowling knows that the real the real fun part is that every now and then the pins will reset and there will be an orange pin or a multicolored pin at the front. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the 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 pin is just in play. It's back there in the randomizer on every on every reset. Is that what they call a pin resetter, a randomizer? Well, I really wish they do. I, I wish just, they did as well. Yeah. It's like, I gotta go, gotta get some new parts for the randomizer. <laughs> that sounds so fun. It does. It's like worth owning a bowling alley. Just, okay, let's do it. Well... Whenever you get excited about an idea that I could be excited about in reverse, it's like the best moment of my life every single time. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, let's open a bowling alley? Yes. Okay. We would have the best bowling alley. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning more toward, yeah, we could have a bowling alley at like our barcade. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm on board. I'm okay. on board. Anyway, okay. carry on with cosmic bowling. Cosmic bowling. The best moment. So when you're a kid, you go to cosmic bowling, like your parents have to bring you or it has to be like a party or something. And everyone's taking turns and not only do you have to be lucky enough to be the person that the the front pin is the mul- is the special pin for so it has to be the front pin it has to be the front pin okay this is the it- Anywhere I've been, the way Cosmic Bowling works is if the front pin is like the special pin, like the orange pin or whatever, and you get a strike, you like win a prize. <gasps> what kind of I prize? Know, Nachos? Exactly. So we're there at Cosmic Bowling and we each have like our own lane. You know, it's not like a super popular thing, it turns out. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> on a college campus <laughs> on Saturday night. I would say a bowling alley on a college campus is like the rock wall at a college campus yeah. where it's like this thing that they include in all of the marketing for like the cool, fun things you can do if you go to this college. It's like, we have a bowling 
bowling alley a rock wall right no one uses either yeah those are those are certainly things to put in the brochure i would say that i think most people maybe do every like do those activities like once one like, one time yeah, yeah they yeah, do yeah. it like once and it was like yeah oh yeah remember the time we went bowling that was great that was so fun yeah that was good anyway we're there. We each have our own lane. I must have probably bowled like 200 frames that night. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You can just let them fly. Right. So, and, you, and if the front pin's not there, who cares? It's a wash. You just want them to reset. You try to get that front pin up as many times as possible. Okay. So you can get the strike. I finally get it. Like, it was so annoying because I was throwing many strikes on this evening, but I would I would, I would lose my nerve when I, had the, when I had the chance. But I finally got it. And what? And of course, the prizes are just terrible. Are they? Oh, yeah. Especially, I was hoping they were going to be really good. Maybe, maybe at like a real bowling alley they are but at the you know the student center uh at tech low only. budget low budget <laughs> okay low budget i'm imagining now like one of those like kind of uh plastic frogs that you can like press like its butt and mm, it, like sort of like higher jumps. budget than that but uh, not much okay okay you're, you're familiar with like say i don't know a hot wheels car <laughs> i've heard of them yeah that might have been a prize but not a treasure hunt. No, though actually, I think uh, I think I, I ended up with two prizes on the night. Okay. One of them was a Lightning McQueen diecast car. Okay. Yeah. You right. still have it to this day? I don't think I do. Oh, that but it fun. was it was after he like driven through the cactuses, so he had like cactuses stuck to him. Okay. Yeah, and it, not important. The important part is the other prize, which I cannot stress to you enough how slight the selection was. But I landed on picking a Johnny Cash CD. Okay. I know. Like, I, uh, all right. So anyway, this is my prize. I okay. want this Johnny Cash CD. Some and people would be delighted at that. Some people would. I'm sure. I'm sure they would. But, you know, I was never, you know. Just, you know not, not a star. Cash fan? I'm not not a Cash fan. Okay. It's just not like, it's not like if you listen to modern country radio, they're not playing lots of Johnny Cash songs or anything. Okay. But did you become more a Johnny Cash fan after winning this CD? That is where I'm going with the story. Okay. Is that I had, you know, I, I had back, my college car was a, um, this BMW and you changed the CDs in the trunk. For Natural, some reason, oh, that's what, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, you could put six whole CDs in there. Oh yeah, right. So like, you didn't have to be too dedicated to whatever it was. You could have, you know, you could switch around a bunch. So I put in the Johnny Cash CD, and let me tell you what, man, this was certainly a CD that I eventually knew the words to every song. No! on this on this album, and I had listened to it like all the time. I don't, I don't think I even have it anymore. But that was, uh, that's my story of getting a CD and just listening to it all the way through. And, wow. Yeah. So. Like, like this bowling alley in a in a small way effectively changed your life. I don't know about sh I mean I mean the entire trajectory Imagine. Like, if you hadn't learned all those lessons from Johnny Cash, mm -hmm. like, for example... Like, for example, that Ring of Fire. The Ring of Fire! Yeah. Of course, that... <laughs> the Ring of Fire! The Ring of Fire! <laughs> that was a funny Nemo joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Uh, I, it, was, it was the album that had that song on it, which okay. is, of course, like, I think, like, his most famous song. Pretty iconic, pretty yeah. iconic, okay. And I, it's interesting, so, I don't know. Uh, that, that was a different experience. Other than that, I know I used to have like a bunch of, I guess, I guess I had a lot of Jimmy Buffett music. You, you have gone up. to Jimmy Buffett concerts. I before. have. If, yeah. if, if I have a favorite musical artist, it was probably Jimmy Buffett. Okay. But I don't even like actively listen. Sure. You sure. Know, you gotta be, it's, it's a certain kind of mood to be listening to Jimmy Buffett. I do like, I think 
in particular, you have like, there's a like Zach Brown band, Kenny Chesney and Jimmy Buffett. I think maybe the only three artists who fit super effectively into the same category together of just this like beach country, beach country music. Yep. Yeah. I like that. You know what? That's probably my favorite kind of music. Uh, beach country. Is like which beach has country. a total of three artists. Exactly. That fit neatly into the category. That's right. But again, don't, I really don't really ever listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm See, not like, yeah, getting in my car, firing up anything. I think on my iPhone, I'd bet you I don't even have a Jimmy Buffett song on it. I think I have one and it's in French. It's in French. Oh, I, I know. A chanson right. pour les petits enfants. Yeah. A song for the children. There you oh, go. There yeah. You go. Um, but it, this is like one of those things I was actually talking about it. It was Memorial Day weekend this past weekend. And so I was just down at the lake with just uh, myself, Alice, her sister, and uh, her sister's boyfriend, who is one of the GMA members, Mike. Um, and we were having this discussion about like what our first CDs were. Mm. And this is one of those things where I feel like I, I have I, now they don't feel as bad because I feel like they've become so popular again. But I think my first two CDs were literally the first Backstreet Boys CD was mm. the first one. Yeah. And the second one was the first NSYNC CD. Ah, so literally it's like in third grade. Those were my jams. There's Ben sitting in his rainbow blanket playing with his, yeah, his the, girl's bag <laughs> from the dollar store. <laughs> Listening to the Backstreet Boys. I know. I know. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, there was. It was it was a cool moment. But then but then on top of that, I think my third CD for Christmas, mom and dad got me one of these like Walkman CD players that like like wouldn't skip. It had like the I forget what it was. Oh, like, the, like shock. Yeah, like the shock zorb or something yeah. like that so you oh, could like I know exactly what you're talking you could about. you could like flip it upside down if and you wanted to burn skip. that battery real quick you turn on the <laughs> the shock yeah the, the shock absorber the no skip right. functionality so they gave me that and the 18s cd oh which was which was like a 90s abba cover band if yes I recall. yes that's exactly yeah. correct mm. so it was like i don't know i i feel like i i talked to everybody else since like yeah green day was my first one mm-hmm. or something i can't i can't think of a single other thing third eyed third eye blind mm-hmm. what were other uh three doors down three doors down all big artists blink 182 <laughs> i think our little brother's first cd was a blink 182 cd mm. do you know what my first cd was hold it on was... hold on hold on i might know okay do i know hold on how old would you have been when you got your first CD? I want to say it was not age appropriate. Okay, what was it? Okay, it was uh, 311. Yeah! Right? Yeah, I do remember that. Yes. Because, okay, this is the thing, though. This is going back. To, like, you had a friend who had a, like, one of those CD binders, like, with a zipper. Oh, yes. And I think he had 200 CDs in it. Dude, th- this this was like a friend who I don't think who was like an anomaly within children about his interest in music at such an early age. Right. Where, like, it was obviously important to him to know about music like early on right and like it, you know a, a new cd came out he was all over it it was like it's not even on my radar right like even after he told me i was like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i am uninterested in this but thing. he would like introduce me it's probably a good thing i do it because he would introduce me to a lot of otherwise like songs that i would otherwise um uh, have just completely missed out on right uh, but yes, I had a friend. And so I think early on, I was like, I think it's like a third grader or something like 311 was his jam. And he was like, oh yeah. And like, you know, he got, you know, all, all of his, us kids into it. Oh, you guys, so all, it was like a, like a, you guys, a really, us. a really strange amount of 311 fans at Liam Wade elementary. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I think one year for my birthday, you know, mom and dad got me a big like boombox stereo thing and they obviously had to get me a CD to go with it. And that's what I got. That's what you got. That's what I got, which seems 
like when I look back, I'm like, that was interesting. I think I had like, it was like all this alternative rock kind of thing. I think that was mo mostly what my friend was into, uh -huh. like rock, alternative rock. So I think I had like a corn CD as like a fourth grader. It's like, I was like, I don't, mm. I think you did. I feel like these things are, are coming back to me a little yeah. bit now because I do feel like there was, <clears throat> it, it seems so weird to think about it now, but I do feel like there was a period of time where I was like, man, Jay's edgy. Oh. Like he's what? He's like he's cool, you know. He like he likes the like off the beaten path stuff. It, see, even saying something that like oh you listen to that kind of music that makes you cool. Like that sounds ridiculous to me. Like because you listen to certain because music, you, right, like right. what do you mean anyone can listen to any music they want? This is such a weird thing though. Is that like I feel like it's so much more common than it would be for like artwork or other just art in general is your taste in music is more likely to be like relevant to a, any given conversation mm -hmm. than your taste in artwork might be. Mm. Like, or, I don't know, like music is this thing that's like, it's it's so, it feels very personal. It does, It, it but like it's, it's such a personal thing that your taste in music, not even your ability to produce music. Yeah, your taste in music. Right, which is such an odd thing. Like, yeah. like your, what you like that other people do is so representative of you. Right. How odd is that? Some people wear that as like such a badge too. Right. You know, like, oh, you, our friend Mike, who you just mentioned. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you do. Like, Mike, I'm sorry. I love you, man. But you don't want to be at a party where Mike is taking control of the... Of the music. Uh, of the stereo. He's just like, he is that guy at the party who like wants to like, like the music is really important to him. Like he's like very concerned that the music needs to be a certain way. Yes. He's like, just put it on top 40, let it roll, dude. Everyone's going to have fun. He's like, that's not, you know, it's like, that's going to be embarrassing to him that he was at a party playing that kind of music or something. Well, so that, that was the thing. I think he really enjoyed, and, and this is, this was almost my relationship with it, where so much of the music that I came to like in high school was introduced to me by Mike. Me and him would go like driving around in our mm -hmm. car and I would just like sort of like listen to these songs sort of in the background on repeat right and so like i would start to get to know them so that when they were like blasting i was like yeah this song's awesome and right. i think that was like like being able to share that with people was something he loved so much that when we would go to a party he would like pop in a cd for like one of these obscure artists being like man i'm gonna have to like convince all these people to like this new obscure artist right but it's like it's so hard the first time you hear some of this music to immediately be like yeah right this well, like, is good right because like the point of going to the party isn't to like listen to to new music it's to have fun listening to music you already know right or that, that's not even maybe the point like the music is just supposed to be like a amplifying effect and it's something that can bring everyone together because you all already know it yes when you have a brand new alternative indie rock group coming through that no one's ever heard of Less fun. Less fun, less fun. But this was the thing with me in college. So I never, like, going all the way up, and I would say through my entire college career, understood how, like, to go about selecting either, like, hip-hop, top hits, or, like, rap music especially. Yeah. And so I would, like, throw these parties for, like, six people or something. You know, they were, they were usually not very highly attended occasions. Mm. Not really, like, as a failure of the party, like, a whole bunch of people didn't show up. I just usually only invited, like, the people I would just hang out with anyway right. and, and called it a party. Yeah. And so I would go through and I would try to, like, put these party playlists together. And all they would end up being is, like, my interpretation of what I was hearing at other parties, which was rap music, effectively. And I found the worst songs that were like horrifically inappropriate. But as much as 
I did not understand music. I have always loved speakers. Like, yeah. Like my, you have. Like, yeah. Like since I was a little kid in like my first car, like I installed like oh, this like insane stereo and subwoofers and it was like this whole thing. And so the same was true once I got to college. I remember saving up all summer and like the one thing I wanted to buy before I went back to college was like a really good home stereo system that like I would like mount to the walls and like run wires and like yeah. the whole nine yards. It was like way too loud, way too much volume for like a 700 square foot apartment. And so people would show up and I would have like a 13 song party playlist of incredibly vulgar rap music that I didn't even like that I would put on repeat that would go on to play for the rest of the night ah. at like volumes where you are screaming at one another. Nobody is dancing at all. Right. Like, but it, I think it was this thing where maybe I was putting way too much priority on the music thinking like that was what was delivering a really solid party to my to my guests was interesting it was just like this thing that i i didn't fully understand in a way that it's like it's so hard to look back on it and i'm sure if i went back in time and i was able to get in the driver's seat of myself then like people never complained about it or anything so it couldn't have been as bad as i'm remembering it yeah unless maybe, maybe people were just no really, it's, really this, nice. is, this sounds like the sort of thing that you remember being embarrassed by and so it like stands out as like really obvious to you but to everyone else it was probably just like yeah, it was just yeah, it was just background music. Maybe they thought I was really good at picking music. Like, Maybe they did. I haven't heard a lot of this stuff before. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do swear a lot. Okay, let me let me ask you about a different situation, which is if you are this is this would stress me out so much. But if you are riding in the car with somebody and you're in the passenger seat and they like are like, oh, you can you can control the music. Pick like just play whatever you want. Like that to me mortifying well like ah don't ask me right because it's like you you have suddenly been assigned the task of choosing what do you think our shared interest in music is this is it's actually an incredibly dicey game to play it is because yeah this and this is one of those things i would say even going one step further than that i would not want to shuffle my music with other people around oh, no because it would be like the uh, people say like i'm into everything i like everything it's like um step aside please <laughs> like <laughs> there is <laughs> there is nothing more erratic than my ipod shuffle ben we should okay i would challenge you that my <laughs> 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 The music out there is so all over the place. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're both going to pull out our phone right now and open the music app. Hold on. You have to, to silence your phone so that we don't accidentally play copywritten music. Okay. okay. Just go to songs, and at the top, it's going to say shuffle. Yep. Let's let's maybe, like, shuffle through, I don't know, five, five songs, songs each? each? Okay. 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 Okay, you go first. Okay, let's see. Make sure my volume's down. Oh, my gosh. I'm so nervous now. Okay. Song number one yeah. is Flower by Moby. Flower by Moby. Don't Which know it. I think this is like the like uh the song that we use to do like a squat challenge because it's like bing da 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 bing da da. Oh, I see. 
So it's like it's like up, down, up, down. So right. you can do it with like push-ups or air squats okay. or something. Which I do challenge you to do. Download the song Flower by Moby or maybe Moby by Flower. I don't know which way it goes. Um, I'm sure Moby is the artist. Okay. okay. Look at me. And, and try to do air squats to it because it's actually a lot of fun. Every time they say down, you go down. Every time they say up, you go up. Yes. That's, a challenge extended. That's how it goes. Okay. I will warn you and I'm going to that uh, I made the mistake of purchasing the Moana soundtrack, which includes, of course, all the songs in the movie, but also 30 more instrumental tracks yes all of which are on my phone okay i'm gonna skip past those if i land on that's fine unless it's actually from the song so let's see okay first song is we know the way from moana wouldn't you know wouldn't you know know? okay okay so one one disney hit so far Yep. there you go okay next up for me is going to be also from a disney it's bell from the live action beauty and the beast oh i've got some of those on here yep you know it you know it okay Okay, this is, I'm so nervous. Let's get it. Oh, God, this is, this could not be a worse thing to follow. Oh, my gosh. That's this really is, funny. This is the only song I have ever released myself. Not myself. This is the Pixar Theory song that just came up next on mine. Edited together for us by the Gregory Brothers, which is just like a super auto-tune version of my voice. Available on iTunes if you want to purchase. It is very good. I, I was wondering whether or not that would come <clears> up. Oh I, bet that's, I bet that's your recent purchases playing into your uh, shuffles algorithm. Maybe. Because I, I bet that's one of the more recent ones. Okay, next for me, also from a Disney movie. <laughs> So uh, so far, this would this just feels like Disney movies. Yeah, is reasonable. You're not enough. all over the place. I yet. have Lost in the Woods, the Weezer edition from Frozen Two. Oh, very which good. incidentally sounds exactly like the movie version of it. It sounds very similar. They're, yeah, it's Didn't normally it there's much. such like a, a strange rendition, and this is yeah. like exactly the same. So yeah. All right, what do we have next here? I've got La Vie Boheme from Rent. Ooh, okay. Yeah. okay. I would have no idea about that one. It's like. Eight minutes long. Nice. <laughs> Very long. Yep. Okay, up next for me, is this number three? Number four. I think this is four for you. Okay. Uh, is Sorry for Now by Linkin Park. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we're getting a little, a little more all over the place. Yeah. All right. Oh, gosh. Let's see. Now I've got... Uh... <laughs> Don't worry, my fifth one's really good. <laughs> is it? This one's I Just Had Sex by The Lonely Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is uh... so funny. Featuring Akon. Featuring Akon. Explicit edition. Oh, my, it is explicit. Yeah. It is explicit. Um, okay. Uh, my last one is going to be Love Me Like You Mean It by Kelsey Ballerini. Ah, excellent. Excellent. There you go. All right. Gosh. <laughs> that hails back to- I'm like uh, sweating. I, know, I am too. I am too. Like literally like heat coming off of me right now. Oh my gosh. Let's see. And then I've got I've got Boom Clap by Charlie XCX. Oh, that's a good song. The Fault in Our Stars. The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next one, in case anyone was wondering, was Hear Me Now by Hollywood Undead. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that song at all. Okay. Or you did six, so I'll go. Okay. I'll go one more. Okay, now I've got the Gaston song from you, yeah, the live action Beauty and the Beast. Okay, so there you go. I would say that probably for the people at home, they're probably like, okay, yeah. People who are most famous for being effectively Disney theorists. Mm-hmm. Having a, a lot whole, of Disney songs. We hit a lot of Disney songs. So right that, maybe that's not as surprising as you would think. But it doesn't seem like if people are like, what kind of music are you into? Like... Disney doesn't <laughs> seem like doesn't I mean it maybe is its own genre of music effectively I would say it is yeah but it doesn't seem like an acceptable answer is it is it no I th- I think it is I think probably the big difference between it is that it is and this isn't necessarily a problem when it comes to a genre uh but it's not like you don't have a favorite artist because right. almost by definition all of the Disney songs are sung by 
tons and tons and tons of different people. Right. Even within like Moana, there are like renditions of it who are done by like proper like not that yeah Molly Cravalho isn't Ali Cravalho. Ali Cravalho. Yeah, I can't ever get it right. <laughs> Whatever. Not that she doesn't have pipes, but there are. There's also like a pop artist who sings right. a couple of her songs. Exactly. Well, this has been a really fun walk down music. So this will be this will be the new challenge that I can extend because we we <clears throat> once before asked people to send in their audible listening time. So uh, is your music selection more random than ours? Shuffle your top five songs and send them to us at popcornculturepod at gmail dot com. Oh, 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 oh. I'm excited to see. How strange you guys are, I'm or excited. completely normal? Because I don't even know what would be normal. Like, if it, like would it just be like five songs that are all like that could be on a playlist together anyway? Probably, probably. I don't know. Do you? I. This is probably the other thing too. Is people use playlists? I don't use playlists. Don't I use shuffle. Right. Literally all the time. So like my full expectation is for my music to be immensely erratic. I think what we've learned is that we are bad at music. Yeah. I agree though. I would get my like my iPhone now. I don't know. I used to. Have, I feel like I used to have a lot more music. At some point, I feel like iTunes went through and like effectively managed to delete everything that wasn't legitimately purchased. Oh, good point. Yeah. At some point, so I used to have a much larger library of music that would have been downloaded in completely legal ways. Um, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Um, but I would, I would like go on drives. And I would like, I would never be like in the mood for something. So I would just hit shuffle until I was like, oh, okay, this. This song, this, this song. song. Yeah, this is the one I want. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what I do. So very frequently I'm, I'm just changing the song and hopping around and stuff. But it's uh, it's just a, it's a hooting and hollering good time. It is. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Pop. Before we sign off, I want to give a huge thank you to the following patrons who support us over on Patreon, including Jordan B. Shout out. She works with us. Uh... <laughs> Myron Jabito, uh, Mathilda, hopefully. Yeah. Let's see here. Erica, Alexis McCarty, Olivia Zalone, Sebastian Lascala. Man, you guys have some fantastic names. Really tripping me up here. Uh, Kelly, Hannah, uh, Holly Barnett, Pheasant Elizabeth, and Julie Gambill. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. I feel like I did just, uh, I need to form. I don't think you confidently said one person's name. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. DeSoto. Uh, nailed it. Was that pretty good? I think so. Okay. I am also just going to give a shout out in the form of a, a correction that was requested by my wife before we sign off here. Uh, last episode, we talked about valedictorians in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I was unsure as to whether or not my wife was a valedictorian. And yet I is, was not unsure. Here's, yes, I know. And this is, this is just, I think, hilarious proof as to, uh, it's very telling as to why I was not ever going to be a valedictorian because even at graduation, I was just not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife, Beth, was indeed a valedictorian. Um, of our graduating class. So let me just put that correction out there on the record. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. Again, if you would like to support us over on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. We have three tiers. They are all the same value. The biggest thing you get in exchange for it is access to after the final pop, which is an additional 10 minutes of Jay and I discussing a topic suggested by you guys. We've been doing camping stories lately. So oh, yeah. if you would like to check that out, again, it's patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Otherwise, until next time, pop pop! Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.